For today's episode, just to give you a heads up, I am always pursuing emotional and physical safety with my listeners, and this podcast episode does contain sensitive content. Welcome to your Breakthrough Blueprint. I'm your host, Becky Oste, a trauma-informed marriage coach. After a decade of failed efforts, I transformed my marriage, parenting, business, and health in just six months by learning how to repair my nervous system and move trauma out of my body. And now I'm here to help you do the same thing. Get ready to hear inspirational stories and walk away with tangible guidance on how to design your blueprint to your breakthrough life. Oh, friends, today I have such a beautiful human in the podcast space with me who I love and adore so much. My good friend and client Ashley is coming on to share her story, and I just can't wait for you guys to get a taste of Ashley. She's just a gift to this world, and it's been incredible to see the progress, the breakthrough, the transformations that have taken place in such a short amount of time because she's just honestly an incredible client and showed up and did the work and just wow. So Ashley, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm excited to be here and share and, you know, hopefully my story will resonate with other women and get them on a path to healing. Mm-hmm. That is the goal. So tell us a little bit about you, Ashley, just on a personal note, like where are you and a little bit about your life. Sure. I am a Midwestern girl, but recently transplanted to Arizona. I have three children. They have very unique personalities. I work as a therapist, so it's always a bit bittersweet, like doing this sort of work for myself, but I do think it has made me a better provider. And I enjoy running. I have two dogs and just, you know, just trying to live life to the fullest. I love it. So Ashley, tell us what would you say was the main problem you were facing, you know, experiencing before we met? So for me, I think it was the anxiety. Like I had sort of made it to a better place, but I just felt stuck. Like I didn't ever feel like I like just honestly just stuck. I didn't know what direction to go. I was sort of at a dead end where like I felt like I had gone as far as I could with like my current therapist. I had also started seeing psychiatrists and taking medications and I just felt I didn't want to be medicated for the rest of my life and felt I just needed to try something different. And then I popped your Instagram popped up on my newsfeed and you sort of had the same sort of feelings that I did. And I was like, it's meant to be. So for you with anxiety, you know, it can manifest in so many different ways, but what kind of symptoms were you experiencing? Sure. So pretty much anything that you can think of that comes with anxiety. I was dealing with every morning, like I struggled with GI issues, like I could feel it in my chest. There was just sweatiness, just hypervigilance, I guess, was my main thing, like just always being aware of something that could potentially just set me off. Like there was, it was so hard to enjoy things because I was so, I don't want to say proactive, but just always concerned about that anxiety. Like I want to have fun. So I'm like, this is what I'm going to do to make sure I don't have a panic attack. And of course I would still have like that panic or anxiety attack. So it was just everything, but mainly like digestive issues, sweating, like I didn't sleep at all. 
Hmm. Like I started taking medication and that was the first time I'd had decent sleep in years, but I didn't want to be on medicine forever. Mm -hmm. But yeah. So everything, everything. all the things. Yeah, everything. Yeah. And how long had you been dealing with that level of anxiety? Probably since discovery day. So about a year, year and a half. And in the beginning, it was like the depression was the hardest part, but I was sort of able to manage that. But I just could never get a grasp on the anxiety. So for those of um, the listeners who don't know what discovery day is, can you share what that is? Sure. So for me, that was when I learned that my husband had been having an emotional and sexual affair with a coworker. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's what it is. Like he bombarded me with that information. It wasn't any sort of like, and you know, I didn't foresee it happening. I wasn't snooping. So it was a a complete shock for me that day. And that's sort of how I sort of live my life in a before and after with Mm. that day now. So it was a complete surprise to you. Total unexpected atomic bomb to your life. And how did he deliver it? I'll start with that question. So it was two days after my husband and daughter share a birthday. So it was two days after their birthday. He came home from work and climbed in our bed and he just, you know, said, Mama, I've just I've done you so wrong. And, you know, initially I I didn't know what that meant. But then like my mind and he just started to spill this information. And I was just like mind blown. Like I, like life just sort of stopped. And what was happening in your body? If you can remember physically what was going on as he's sharing this. I mean, I think it was just such a shock. Like it was almost like a a death, like to be, not to be dramatic, but I just felt like I was slowly dying with like every word that he told me, like Mm -hmm. I, just felt just little bits of pieces of me just die because it was, it was just such a shock. Like this was the person that I trusted my life with that we'd had these babies and gone through these experiences. And then on top of that, like the woman that he chose was also like my, my friend group. So I just felt such a betrayal from like the women that were my friends and then from my partner. And I Mm. I was really isolated. I didn't know what to do. Like I, Like, I didn't know what to do. Like, I'm sure if if you were to ask him, like, I was just so like, get out of the house. Don't leave me like just in a matter of minutes. It was, I was not well. (laughs) So this was right before bed. Yep. It was in bed. So like he would work. I I think I was just, I don't want to say naive, but he would work super long shifts to where like he would not get home before like the kids went to bed. So like the kids would get to bed and I would wait for him every night after 8.30. So he just came home, slid into bed and just spilled it all. And then your response as you're having this, like, I mean, I've never heard somebody describe it that way, to be honest, but I think it's so powerful and true to the experience of betrayal trauma is it's like, you feel like you're slowly dying inside and so what did you do? Did you actually kick him out or what happened next? I didn't because I know my husband well enough. He's a very black and white man. Like for him to leave, that really would have been the end. And I am a fairly rational, logical person. And I recognize that I did not want to make a choice in this moment that was going to affect my kid's life so much. So I left 
I called my sister who at the time was living in another country. So she was awake and she sort of, you know, just was there to support just, you know, so shocked, you know, just so sorry for me. We just talked and, you know, I eventually, I think he was concerned because I think that was the thing with him was that he's like, I didn't think you would care. I was like, how did you not think I would care? And I think when I left the house was when he really realized that he'd done me harm. And then that's when he became concerned when I was just, I was just driving because I didn't, I didn't know what to do. Like I was still breastfeeding at the time. So I knew I had like a small window, but I just knew I needed to get out of that house. And I don't, even remember I think he texted me to say that the youngest one had woken up and that's why I came back oh my gosh so I mean you're breastfeeding so that just shows you're in that stage of life already that's so overwhelming and you know you're not able to be on like a schedule or have much me time at all and then this is dropped on you even in that moment of trauma like just trying to escape and and drive around like just to do something and then you get the call like come back the baby needs you yep wow yep always a mom first which I don't know if that's good or bad but in the moment like I think it it really saved me like like having that breastfeeding like bond Mm. like it's sort of what kept me going to be truthful like I, I three kids like I really wanted this baby my son to have the same benefits so at a certain point like it was like if I can make it till one year if I can pump enough milk then like I can do whatever I need to do like if I need to leave like if like it was just a really like I didn't want to be alive Mm -hmm. but I still wanted to give like my kids like that benefit but as like things got worse for me like I stopped eating and like my milk supply went down like I wasn't able to pump And so I just ate to make sure he could eat. Mm -hmm. And I think that was sort of the the timeline for myself was that I just wanted to make it to a year. And I think that timeline just sort of allowed myself to grieve and get better without making any rash decisions. Mm. Wow, that's powerful. So the breastfeeding was, you know, in retrospect, a beautiful thing that saved you in a way through that time. What did the next days and weeks and months look like? Like, how did you begin to start dealing with this or trying to fix it? That's where I have like a lot of like blank spots in my memory. So I I can only sort of remember bits and pieces of it. Like this happened in August and I honestly don't remember much of August, September or October I remember like reaching out to the woman and she did text me back and she didn't care. So, I mean, it was sort of like a dead end. I don't know what I wanted from her. Like, I don't know if it was just an apology or what, but there was nothing there. So she was sort of gone. Like we made an agreement like for transparency. So we didn't follow like the typical path of like betrayal, like where like you have access to the phone, passwords, all that stuff. Like, that's just not him. Like, I know that's not him. Like he didn't want to be controlled. So I never had that security or accountability. So it was just immediately depending on his word, which was really, really hard. But yeah, he agreed to transparency, agreed that he'd have no contact with her. I remember that I did at one point snoop through his phone and had found out that she'd been Snapchatting him. 
like she had emailed him or something and told him to check his Snapchat. And of course, like Snapchat deletes everything. So I, I never saw anything. And I think it was to my benefit that I didn't. And I called him out on that. And I think that was sort of like a point in our relationship where I don't know if he, he was just angry. Like there wasn't a lot of remorse or sympathy, just anger that I'd gone through his phone. And at that point is when I sort of did like my first boundary where I was like, either we will be in your life or she will be in your life. And like I had told my mom at that point and my parents' house is empty and I, she's like, they've offered me and the kids a place to stay. So I'm like, it's, you know, that's not an issue. So I'm like, you really need to decide what you want to do. And I gave him time and he decided that he wanted to stay and work on our family. That's when he officially ended contact with this woman. I can remember him coming home and telling me that she was rude to him in the office and he hoped that I was happy. So, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't peaches and rainbows in the beginning. My struggle was that I, I cared for my husband too much when I felt like I was dying. So like it was a big mm -hmm. deal to me that he got the support that he needed because that's what he described her as was like his cheerleader. So like I had reached out to his mom and I'm like, he's struggling. I, I need you to be there for him because he doesn't want me in this moment. And that was really hard. And I think because I don't really have the best relationship with my mother-in-law, but when he saw that I reached out to her was when he sort of saw that like I wasn't the bad guy. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when things really shorted to shift was like that November, December range where we just really try to enjoy Christmas as a family. That's when he started making like noticeable differences. Like he wouldn't go to like all staff meetings because she was going to be there. Like if he uh, took like a work call, like while I was home, he would do it like on speaker so I could hear um, if she emailed him, like he would show me the email and then like have one of his supervisors handle it. So when he really started to show that is when things got a little bit better. But then I just became so like trapped in myself, like just that comparison, like why was she good enough that so that that became a struggle. I really that's when I started doing more therapy work towards myself and stopped focusing so much on the marriage and that was useful just in the sense that like I'd gotten really, really skinny. Like my job had become concerned. And eventually I worked with an amazing group of women who unfortunately had had the same experiences. So it was comforting, like they got it, but then also just so disappointing that it's so common, but they were the best and sort of helped me get through it and just really encouraged me to take care of myself. And I think I, it finally like resonated. And that's when like I started trying to eat and started like getting back into running and to doing like therapy and, you know, taking medicine. Like I got on antidepressants and was taking that consistently. And that was really useful. We ended up moving. We moved because I just couldn't be in the house. He started his affair when we found out we were expecting our third baby. And with that third baby, we had to move. So the whole house just felt tainted. So we got rid of the house, got rid of the car that she'd rode in. It just felt tainted. So like he did all the big things. So we moved to a different house and it was better for a little bit, but he was still involved with like those same work people. And so that was a struggle. And that's when I realized that, you know, like it's, the issue is me, like we can change as many things as possible. 
but in the end, like it's going to come down to the work that we do. Mm. She ended up leaving the job, which was a big relief in April. And so that was nice just to know like that access was gone. So that was a great relief and things were better. He still struggled with the job because I didn't say, but like, and I still wonder if part of the time, like another coworker had found out about the affair and had did an HR complaint. And so like, mm -hmm. so he had had some struggles with his job. And I still wonder to this day if that's why he came out and told me. But with that, like he started getting looked over for promotions and it just stopped. It started being a really toxic work environment for him. So he ended up quitting and taking a job out of state. And that is really when I started to do better, strangely. Like I was really, really isolated. My parents weren't there. And I really had to take a look at myself and figure out where I could improve. And then that's when I sort of came across your Instagram. And I was like, this, this could be what I need. I've, I've done everything else. Like I haven't done this. Let's give this a go. And it was pretty amazing. Thank you, first of all, for sharing all of that in detail, because <laughs> it's interesting, Ashley, even all the time we've spent together and all the conversations, I didn't even know all of those details because in the work that we do together, you know, it's not necessary to replay the past. I want to thank you for replaying it right now, just for the sake of so many women who are out there isolated, who don't have safe spaces to share this in and who are feeling just a little bit less alone as you give validation to their experience. But, you know, with the work we've done, like you can share as much as you want to, but it's not necessary. If you want to heal and move forward, like you, we can start with where you are right now. And so even some of that, you know, I hadn't heard. And I just want to thank you for being so vulnerable because I think it's going to be healing balm for a lot of women that can relate. And so it's interesting too, just the phenomenon of he's, he did a lot of things to like make up for it, apologize, like in response to seeing how hurt you were, but yet still there's this nagging sense of hypervigilance mistrust, anxiety, you felt a little bit better, but there's still that broken trust. And that I've heard from so many women. It's really, really interesting. And it's just makes sense when we learn about our nervous systems, you know, when they, when we go through trauma and we're in that, that sympathetic state of fight, flight, or freeze. I mean, our husbands could be acting like kings and doing all the right things and with the most genuine of intentions. And we won't see them as trustworthy if it slapped us in the face, if our bodies are not, you know, in a state of regulation. And so, you know, the program was obviously the one thing you felt like, okay, this is one stone I haven't unturned. Let me try this. I know when we step outside of our comfort zone or try something new, there's usually resistance that comes up right along with it, you know, of like, should I do this? Or is this the right move for me? What was the resistance that came up for you before stepping into nervous system work? Um, definitely just doubts because I had, so we do a lot of chakra work, other people don't know. And I had previously tried to do that on my own and just not gotten into it. Like it just felt wishy-washy like I 
struggled with my faith really bad at this point, just being angry with the way things had turned out. And so it just felt like another sort of spiritual thing that was going to let me down. So that that's where a lot of like my resistance came from. But then at the same time, like I recognized that I, I, I'd hit a wall, like I said, like I've done every, like I can only read so many books. Um, I can only see so many therapists. I can see a psychiatrist. Like I even also see like another woman that went through betrayal on her own through church. So I was like, I have all these resources and like all these tools and they're still not working. So there has to be something that sort of like brings it all together. Yeah. So, I mean, it makes sense, especially because you had tried everything wholeheartedly, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it would have been the most understandable thing in the world if you never came out of your room after that and just ate Ben and Jerry's and, you know, (laughs) couldn't move, like nobody would judge you after what you'd been through, but that wasn't you. You're like, I'm going to breastfeed my babies and I'm going to still show up for work and I'm going to go to therapy and, you know, read books and all the things that you could do. But tell us then once you stepped inside of this work and you started to learn how to repair your nervous system, what have been some of the highlights since beginning that? Sure. So I tackled it like school because I'm that kind of person. Like one of the first things I noticed, like I'm a Fitbit person was that my pulse went down. Like I would go back, I started in January. And like when I went back and like reviewed my monthly data, my pulse started going down, which for me, that, that's anxiety, like that heart race, like that was me. So I was like, oh, this, I was, it's nice to see like data that I'm doing real work. Another big thing for me was just being able to sleep without medication. Like I was taking it and then I noticed that I was starting to feel groggy taking this medicine. So I stopped. And so now like I'm able to sleep through the night. I mean, my kids still wake me up, but I can get back to sleep, which is pretty amazing instead of sit there and just like scroll and my mind will race, but I can go back to sleep and I feel rested the next day, which is so amazing for any anyone, but especially as a mom, just to have that energy. The anxiety really shifted, like it's there less, like I don't wake up with that GI stuff, like I can enjoy food and not have to worry. More manageable, I think is the word, like sometimes it is there and I will allow it to happen, but I feel like competent that it's going to go away where before, like, it was just this ongoing thing. And I just have like a moments of peace. And I just look for those moments. Now it's the opposite. Like, I know that I have more peaceful moments than anxiety moments now. That's amazing. I mean, your body was screaming at you and rightly so like betrayal trauma wrecks your nervous system. And it just reminds me of like a crying baby, you know, like, ah, they come and change me or feed me. And that's what you ended up doing. You ended up really tuning in and listening to and responding to the calls and the cries of your physical symptoms screaming out. And that's amazing. All of that that you just detailed right there. So what was it that you've learned so far in, you know, I do breakthrough that's really transformed things for you? I think that I benefit from guidance. So like knowing the chakra system and being able to pinpoint like what's happening in my body. So like 
like today, like my throat hurts. So like, I know that's like heart chakra stuff. Like that's telling me that I, I need to say something. I need to communicate and like that sort of stuff. Like it just gives you like a stepping stone instead of just like walking into the dark and trying to figure out what's wrong. Like for me, it, it's just beneficial to have that guidance. Yeah. And in school, just out of curiosity, were you like a straight A student? Uh, for a little bit, like, of course I was. And then boys got involved and then it was, it was a bit harder, but yeah, I tried to be for sure. That's amazing. Did you date <laughs> a lot like short-term relationships or were you the long-term type in high school? I was, I'm a serial monogamous. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. I'm the same way. But yeah, so it's no surprise to me because when you showed up, you know, you really were just a student, exactly what you said. You're like, I'm here to ask questions. I don't think there was one session where you didn't have questions and (laughs) um, just applying it. And it's what I always say, like this kind of work is a mirror. You're going to get out of it what you put into it. And it's been amazing like that it wasn't even just a, a one and done experience. Like you continued to do the work and see the results, reap the benefits so thank you for sharing that, Ashley. Sure. Yeah. So journey. Yeah. So how are you feeling now? Because it's still so new for you. You know, it's really only been a handful of months of work. Like, where do you see yourself wanting to grow next? And we're all continually healing, right? But what's next for, for sure. you? Like, I think I've just really tried to use this awareness to, I don't know, guide myself like before I think I had these goals and these aspirations of like getting back to before and then like it was realizing you you can't go back to before like you're it's a new a new a new life more or less and just making it the best that it can be so I don't I just you know take it you know one day at a time just try to honor myself more like I was a very selfless person before almost too much And now I just sort of take time to give myself space, like taking time to do this interview, like, and, you know, like taking the time off from work to do this, like just the little things where before it would just be like, I'm doing everything for everybody else. So I guess just continue that path more or less, like just trying to manage things better, be a better communicator, just, just heal myself more so than heal my marriage and just, you know, hope for it. Like there is overlaps for sure. And it does flow over. Things are very different between us and just continue that path to improvement. I think it's really changed how I parent in a, a weird sense. I was an unexpected perk, but just being more whole myself has just increased my patience level. And like, I'm able to spend time with each of my kiddos and, you know, not lose my mind. So it's, it's been good. Man, that's an achievement when we get to a place where we're not losing our mind every day because, man, trauma and anxiety can bring out the monster mom in all of us. And then we feel shame when it's really not that we're bad people. It's just like we've been through some stuff. So relatable. So how have things shifted with you and your husband? You know, with betrayal trauma, it's it's a long, you know, road of continual healing this can be what offers the fastest results is the nervous system work, but still, you know, there's, there's room to heal, but with where you guys are at right now, what have you noticed is different in your relationship? 
with trauma, there are triggers. And so like before I just really didn't mention the triggers because I, you know, you get different advice and a lot of advice is not to talk about the fair, other advice is to talk about it. And then at a certain point, you just feel like life just evolves around it. So I'd sort of stopped talking about the triggers and that seemed to make it worse. And so now, like, I'm able to communicate them in a more proactive way where I felt like before, like, it was very accusatory and angry. Um, And now, like, he may not respond, you know, the same each time, but I can at least feel like he's listening and I feel heard. And for me, like, that's, that's good enough. Like, in that moment, like, I just want to be heard and we can sort of move on with our day. Sometimes, you know, he will take his time to process. And then like, it shows up later with the way like he, you know, talks about something or like if we're watching a TV show and like, you know, like her name, you know, like he's going to change the channel or like he'll like a song will pop up and then like, he'll, you know, he'll hold me and like hug me and be like, Hey, I'm sorry. You know, I, I love you. I'm so grateful. Like it's, you know, it's, it's just the little things. Aww. Okay, I know listeners right now are like, how do I communicate my triggers in a way that's actually like effective? Can you give us an example of that? Sure. Oh, man. Like I'd say for me, like there's a particular artist and song that's just been rough since the get go. And I've really learned that I need to be like solid before I talk to him, if that makes sense. Like, yes, there's going to be anger. There's going to be hurt. But like, if I can just take that time to recognize whatever emotion it is, it just goes so much better. And then sort of waiting till like, we have like one-on-one time, like not having the conversation, like when the kids are there or the TV's on, but like, I need that. But like, I recognize that's what I need, but I'm just, you know, being like, it hurt me when this happened. It reminds me of this. Like, I know it's not happening, but this is just, you know, it still hurts. And some, like it, like for the most part, like he does much better when like, it's more I statements, which is what they preach, you know, the I statements. Like I really try to avoid using you and, but when I'm talking, but yeah, just, this is how I, how I felt. This is, you know, what it makes me think of. This is what it reminds me of. Like, I'm not sure if these were your intentions, but this is how it felt. Mm-hmm. So good. Especially, I think the key piece is you getting right with yourself first, right? Of yeah. like, it's energy. And that's where yeah. so many of us go wrong as we try to figure out the right words to say. And we're ruminating for like days and hours mm-hmm. and months and years of like, how am I going to formulate the this so that it lands and that he hears me yes. when it's so much more powerful when you just heal your energy at a deep subconscious level. And then there's an unattachment to the outcome either way. Like even for just sure. seeing yeah. you right now, like, yes, yeah, sometimes and it's increasing. He handles it really well. And he hears me and I feel validated by that alone. Other times, not so much. And you're not, you know, flying off the handle because of that, which is huge. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's what I, I think about it too. Like just the, the the subtle changes is good. Like it's not always going to be perfect because life happens and it's just how we handle like those tougher moments that I think shows us our growth more. Well said, Ashley. <laughs> so it is, it is. So for those who are resonating with you, been through betrayal, trauma, trying to heal with kids in tow, wondering if they should stay or go, 
dealing with anxiety, what advice or what would you say to somebody who's um, on the fence if this nervous system work might be what they need? For me, like I really needed a lot of input from others. And I think at a certain point that stopped me from being able to heal. I think you really figure out your own compass. Like, I think that's like my biggest takeaway. Like with betrayal trauma, you don't know what you want. Like one day, you know, you want to ride into the sunset and have more babies. The other day, you know, you want to slash tires. So it's just trusting yourself and like finding your own way without anyone else's input. And that's the tools that you get from the course is just figuring out how to communicate better with yourself whether you know it's like journaling or listening to your body, if it's yoga, if it's stretching, like it's just honoring every piece of what you do, like, like yawning, like if you're yawning, like, what does that mean? Like, if your back hurts, what does that mean? And then like, because I'm logical, like I like to Google, you know, my back hurts, what chakra is this? And then sort of going on that path, like, and does it resonate? Is this true? Like, am I struggling with this? Yes, I am. Like, let's explore that more on our own. And then, you know, if it needs to be talked about, then have a discussion about it. So good. So good. (laughs) Finding your internal compass. But the the best words of what you just said is some days after betrayal trauma, you want to ride off into the sunset with your lover and others days you want to slash tires. That is so relatable. And you can feel so crazy. Like, why am I so back and forth? Why am I like wanting to have sex with him one minute and then wanting to punch him in the face and say, don't touch me the next. And it is all normal. It's your body responding to trauma. It is. It's crazy. Like at one point I'm like, I thought I was bipolar because I was just so back and forth. And like the doctor was like, no, you're not bipolar. It's just trauma. It's like, I don't know if that makes me feel better. Like it would almost be better to have a reason. (laughs) Yeah. I'd rather, yeah, have the label just handed to me then. Because trauma, sometimes it can even, we can associate like, oh, we're broken with that word. And that doesn't feel good. But when we learn we're not, you know, our body's just doing what it was designed to do. And it's so capable of healing. That's where the hope comes definitely hope. I think I, I, this course definitely gave me hope. So friend, is there anything else you'd like to share? This has been amazing. Your vulnerability, I appreciate more than I can say. Is there anything else that's on your heart? I guess I would just encourage others to think more short picture, like instead of long-term goals. Cause I think that was a big hang up for me. Like we're going to be married for the next 20 years instead of like focusing on like the day-to-day stuff. Like if you can't get through the day-to-day stuff, like it doesn't matter if you've been married for 30 years. But I think that is where my shortcoming was. Like I was just thinking about the big picture instead of like how we're going to get to the big picture. That's so helpful. Yeah. It's that one day at a time. It's so cliche, but it's so helpful. It's cliche because it's true. It is. Oh, Ashley, I love you. Thank you for sharing your story. I know it's going to help so many women and I know we'll be chatting soon. Yep, of course. It was a pleasure to be here in a weird way. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. I get it. I get it. Thanks, girl. 
Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. I love and appreciate you so much. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and leave us a rating or review to help others find the show. To learn more about working with me or joining the I Do Breakthrough community, head over to my Instagram at Rebecca Lee Aste, where you can learn all about my program in my bio. And please send me a DM with your takeaway from today. I'd be honored to connect and know what landed for you. I hope you have an amazing day and I'll chat with you next week. Bye.